listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence. Uh, we ask you just to release your power, release your kingdom. Let it come, Lord. Just let your kingdom come. Your will, Lord, be done. Come, Jesus. Father, thank you that, that we, the truth of your word and the songs we sang, Lord, that the battle belongs to you, Lord. Thank you that you've given us authority, Lord, that you uh, have given us the, the power and authority to walk and stand against whatever these things are that are in front. In Jesus' name, we just pray healing, we pray victory, pray deliverance. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you believe that, um, that the song we were singing, it says, the battle is the Lord's? Do you believe that? <laughs> there's a there's a verse there's a verse in um in the Bible <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I think it's Proverbs. Maybe Psalms, but I think it's Proverbs. Uh that says the horse is made ready for y'all remember that one? No. The horse is made ready for battle, but the the what? The battle or the victory belongs to the Lord. Y'all read your Bibles. Y'all do that? The, the horse is made ready for battle. Somebody find it. Google it. The horse is made ready for battle, but the victory, I believe it's the victory belongs to the Lord. I think it's Proverbs. Anybody found it yet? Proverbs 21.31. There we go. Can you read it? The horse is prepared for the, guess, guess who's supposed to prepare the horse? Us. The, the horse is made ready. That our, in other words, we have a part in this, okay? You with me? No matter what's going on in our lives, what, what battle we're facing, what's in front of us, whatever that mountain is, whatever that thing is that's happening, we have, we have, God calls us to do certain things. There are things that we do, okay? So we prepare, we, pre we prepare, we get ready, we do the things that God's called us to do. We respond to Him out of obedience. We, we spend time hearing from Him. Lord, what is it you're saying for me to do here? How am I supposed to respond? I mean, it, it could be many variable, many different things that the Lord could say to you that I want you to do this, this, whatever. But we respond to that. We, we prepare for the battle. We get the horse ready. But the victory belongs with who? It's the Lord that brings the victory. He's the one that does it. Okay, He's the one that brings the victory. I, we were singing these songs today. Did y'all kind of notice a common theme? <laughs> um, as we were singing these songs today, I, I was just thinking, there's a, how many of you ever heard of a, uh, it's a phrase that kind of a it's not a theory but it's a teaching called the death of a vision any of y'all ever heard of that 
Nobody's heard, heard that word, that phrasing, death of a vision? Man, I need to preach that sermon. That's a good one. Um, I'll share a little bit with you now. Bottom, what it's basically saying is this. God, God gives you a vision. You with me? He tells you. He speaks to you. He says, this is what I'm going to do. Any of y'all ever heard God tell you to do that this is what's coming? I'm, I'm, and he gives you a vision of this is, this is what's happening. This is what's coming. This is the dream. This is, this is the goal. This is what's, and, and think, what I want you to do is think of the Bible characters. Think of the people in the Bible that God gave them a calling. He gave them a vision. He came and spoke to them. Let's do a little group participation here this morning. Who, who can think of a Bible character where God came to them and gave them a vision about what they're supposed to be doing, an anointing, a calling? Think of one and tell me what it is. One at a time. <laughs> Abraham. Abraham. Did God, what did God tell Abraham? Talk out loud. I'm hard of hearing. He told him he was going to have some babies, right? Offspring. God was going to... Baby. <laughs> wow. God came and gave Abraham and told, gave him a promise, right? And he showed him what? He took him out and showed him the what? The stars and told him that out of his seed's going to be what? Many nations, many people. And, and Abraham at that time was 75 years old, which is already fairly old. Okay? <laughs> yeah, it's old as I would say, Ron. 75 is starting to get old. I'm still under that by a few years. So I'm starting, I'm close to it. I'm getting close to old. But he comes and he tells, now think about this for a second. God tells him, tells him and Sarah, you're going to have, you're going to have, your seed is going to be numerous. It's, you're going to have, nations are going to come forth from you. How would you respond if God came and told you that's what was going to happen? What would, what would your thinking be? What would you think? What? He's crazy. Okay. Let's 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 say you get past the fact that that just seems out of possibility. What would be your next thought? Nine months later, Absolutely. Nine months. It's coming. I mean, how many of us, when God gives us a word, our 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 response is typically it's going to happen today, maybe tomorrow. Right. So God gives us these visions and these plans, and this is where this idea of the death of a vision. Abraham, a year later, there wasn't a baby. Several years later, there wasn't a baby. Then, here's, here's another thing you'll see happens often in times in Scripture. What did Abraham and Sarah do? They tried to help God out by doing what? They brought Hagar into the picture. Apparently, God, you're not doing it this way, so you must be doing it this way. So let's try this out. Any of you ever done that? <laughs> and so that kind of messes things up still messing things up as today even um, but then they go along and they go along and then they get to age 100 but here's another thing that happens remember, remember what I led with the horse is prepared for the battle Sarah winds up what at age 100 or he, Abraham's 100 I think she's about the same age she winds up what pregnant This wasn't the Immaculate Conception. <laughs> In other words, Abraham and Sarah had to do their part. You following me? 
Do I need to get it? Do I need to explain that? Y'all, y'all get that part, okay? <laughs> they, they still had to, they had to obey, do something, participate. But God's the one that gave them the victory. But you can imagine. I mean, imagine at seventy-five, God tells you this is going to happen, and then year after year after year after year, it doesn't happen. That's called the death of a vision. That caused you get to the point where you've just finally figured out they tried it. They tried it this way. They tried it with Hagar, and finally just probably got to the point where it's like, oh well, maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe they started giving up. But there was still this seed of faith in Abraham. That's what Hebrews tells us. And then God comes along and and performs a miracle, and and they have a baby. Name another Bible character. Moses. Moses. What happened to Moses? Who was Moses to begin with? This is going to be a group participation day. I'm not going to get to my sermon in case you are wondering. What happened to Moses? Who was Moses to begin with? He was a Hebrew, but where how did So what was the story when Abraham when Abraham when Moses was born, Pharaoh had come along and said basically what? Let's let's kill all the Egyptian not Egyptian, let's kill all the this, yeah, let's kill all those call, kill all those babies. They took Moses as a baby, put him in a what? In a little basket, floated him down through the, the river. Who comes along and sees him? Pharaoh's who? Daughter gets him out. Moses' mom still winds up being the one that comes and takes care of him, feeds him. But Moses is raised how? As a... As, as Pharaoh's basically almost like a son, he was raised as a, as a, a, a leader. He was, he, but Moses still understood, still had this sense of calling and purpose and destiny in his life. Even though he was raised in the, in the palace or the castle or whatever it was, he was raised there. At age 40, Moses comes along and does what? He killed Egyptians. Okay, Moses is doing what? Taking God's purpose and plans how? Into his own hand. Then he runs and goes where? When he's done that, he goes off to the backside of the desert and spends a couple of weeks out there in the desert. <laughs> how many years? Yeah. How many of you have heard God speak to something to you 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that you still haven't necessarily seen the fulfillment of that? I have. 40 years. I mean, we read the Bible so quickly and flippantly, we just think, man, it just happened. 40 years. Moses had been given this vision and this dream of what God was wanting to do in and through him. And 40 years he's out taking care of what? Sheep. <laughs> then God comes along and there's this whole burning bush thing that happens. And God shows up, calls him, gives him a call, and he comes and rescues you know, millions of, of Israelites. And, and you know what? Even after that happened, was it easy? I mean, spent another 40 years just trying to get into the promised land. And he still didn't make it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of those questions I have for God. You know, I still haven't ever figured that out. He did all this stuff and, and believed and trusted and did what God told him to do. And, and you know, just 
you know, instead of speaking to the rock, he hits it, you know. <laughs> it's like, and then because of that, God said, well, you can't go in now. It's like, I, I have some questions on that. I never quite figured out all that. But my point is this, it was 40 years. Give me, one, give me another Bible character that God gave an anointing, a word. Joseph. What happened to Joseph? He has a what? He's, he's the, I think he's the, like the 11th born. Is that my right? I think he's 11 and Benjamin's the youngest. I think I got that right. Anyway, the point is his dad, who's Joseph's dad? Who? Isaac. Jacob. Jacob. Boy, I'm getting my, my characters messed up here. Anyway, what's he get? He has, he has this what? dream he has a dream I've got a dream <laughs> he has this dream and and this dream what's going to happen everybody his brothers and his dad and mom everybody's going to come and bow down to him this is a dream that he has that's from God now what's he do with the dream he tells them which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do Okay, but what was he doing he was taking the dream that God had given him and trying to respond in his own strength he's trying to make something happen and it something happened <laughs> they were going to kill him they threw him in a pit got him out sold him he went into slavery he got falsely accused at potiphar's house wound up in jail but it, even here, here's the funny thing he, not funny even in the middle of all those things he always was prosperous and blessed <laughs> but years later Years after he's had, the, I mean, years after he's had the dream, he interprets a dream for Pharaoh, and Pharaoh brings him out, makes him basically second in command of all of Egypt. And then what happens? His brothers come and do what? <laughs> basically bow down to him. And then they lived in fear. And I love this. I love this. The couple of verses in there. They lived. They were when they found out who it was. They were still fearful that Joseph was going to retaliate. And Joseph makes basically this statement, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. I love that. God turns things that, are, that the enemy does and can turn them to good. That, that's, I love that. Again, death of a vision. Many years happen. God will give us words. We'll, we'll come in front of things. We'll see things. We'll get things. And we'll think, God's, God told us this. Then, then have you ever asked why God isn't it happening? I thought you told me. Then we go back. I do. I go back and question it. Well, really, did God really say that? Guess who's putting that doubt in your mind? He's used that one a few times. <laughs> did God really say? Yeah. Don't you just love the waiting part? Don't you... I, I love that song, God is in the waiting. <laughs> I, you know, as a, the culture we live in, the, the time of the generation that we live in, most Americans don't like waiting. We're an instant society. We want it done instantly. We want it done now. I mean, if, if the microwave takes more than 30 seconds, we get impatient. You know, used to, you had to go build a fire, cook it on the fire, prep it, and do everything else. took hours. I, I remember listening to this comedian. He was, he was talking about how he had gotten on a plane in New York and was going to fly to California. And, 
And the plane got delayed and for an hour, and everybody was moaning and groaning and grumbling, and he was like, you know, 60 years ago, it would have taken six months to get to California. <laughs> you know, now we can be there in five hours, and we're delayed an hour, and we're impatient over that. We get the same thing happens with us when we get words from God. God speaks to us and tells us things, and, and our, I guess it's our natural response is we think that means he's going to do it tomorrow. Oftentimes, it's, it's, there's a waiting there. And that waiting time is actually a preparation time where God's preparing our hearts, doing things in our life, building character in us, strengthening us, growing us, doing those type of things to get us ready for that point. I mean, think of, think of David, David, King David. It was, a, was a, basically a lad when Samuel came to anoint, God told Samuel, go anoint him as king. He anoints him as king. You know when he actually becomes king? Like 25 years later. How many? 40. Somewhere between 25 and 40. My, my, my biblical scholar over here says 40. We'll go with Nancy. I would, I would prone to believe what Nancy says before I, what I say. Uh, in other words, it was a long time. I mean, listen, the prophet, the man, Samuel, if he came and anointed me and said, you're going to be king, you know when I'd expect to be king? Tomorrow, maybe even today. And David went through all kinds of stuff. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't just years later, but the current king started chasing him, trying to kill him. <laughs> I mean, half the book of Psalms is David running from, the, from Saul trying to kill him. And David in the middle of that, you know what God's doing in David's heart through all this? He's building him. He's building strength and character in him. See, that, that, see that's the part that we don't normally particularly like. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, you know what normally, you, one of the key ways that God builds strength and character in us is through what? Trials, suffering, tribulation. But none of, we don't, we don't, and I'm not now, please God, I'm not signing up. I don't really want any more. <laughs> I'm not hoping that's going to happen. But I, I'm just probably pretty certain that there may still be some more trials or things that I need to walk through I don't I'm not signing up for them any of y'all signing up but what how do we walk through those by keeping we heard Lori by keeping our eyes on who on Jesus by keeping our eyes fixed on him by keeping our eyes on what he said to us what he's told us by believing his word by believing him stepping out I shared last week about stepping out on what god gives you and you do that in faith and you just you move forward you're preparing the horse for battle doing what god's called you to do getting those things and then letting god have the victory let him move and do what he's doing see i we love those stories in the Bible because they're so powerful and so awesome and so wonderful and so cool that those things happen. And, you know, 30 years later and 40 years later and 25 years, these things came in. We love those stories in the Bible because we can read them in an hour. <laughs> but we don't want to wait 25 years for something to happen. I, I, it's, see, God... God is still on the throne. 
He is. And it, it doesn't matter what's happened, what is going to happen, what may happen. God is still on the throne. We can still trust him. We can still walk with him. We can still keep our eyes on him. It may look like with these eyes things are going wrong. We don't put our eyes on the things that are going wrong. We put our eyes on Jesus. We don't look at the temporary. We look at the eternal. We fix our eyes and our gaze and our thoughts and our, our energy on what he's doing. Where, what, what is he saying? What, what's God saying? You know how to walk through tribulation is you listen to God. Hello? You know how to walk through the times of trials and sufferings? Read David's, read, read, you ought to be reading Psalms and Proverbs every day. <laughs> At least consistently, regularly. I, I encourage you, I, I can't tell you how many times, if, if you'll read five psalms a day and one proverb, you'll get through it in a month. Did y'all know that? For you Inglewood graduates, that's how many psalms? Five times 30 is 150. <laughs> I'd encourage you, read. I, that's David just pours his heart. I love how he says, it's like, you know, one, one, one minute David's like, my enemies have surrounded me. You know, all hell's breaking loose. I don't know if he says it exactly that way, but that's how, that's what's happening. It's like, you know, the, it, it, and then the next minute is my eyes are fixed on you. He's, his soul's in despair. He, he, he spells it out for him, us. Our, his soul was in despair. He was troubled on all sides. It's like the enemies are all around him. Yet in the middle of that, he says, yet I will praise the Lord. And then he starts speaking to his soul. And he says, soul, straighten up. <laughs> Doesn't he? I mean, maybe not that exact language, but that's the gist of it. So what is our part? How do we get... Maybe we shouldn't call ourselves horses, but I, I can think of other more appropriate terms sometimes. But I, Sometimes we have to speak to this body. Sometimes we have to speak to our soul and say to our soul, look, it may look like I'm surrounded by my enemies, but guess who I'm surrounded by? Him. He... I, I, mean, I love that song. I'm, and the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, Ron, you'll like this. The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I'm surrounded by him. I'm surrounded by him. The whole time I'm singing that, I'm thinking, and he's in me, and he's in me, and he's in me. He's not just surrounding me, but he's in me. I mean, if we could just grasp that, if we could grasp it, Jesus, God, the Trinity, they, they, they have their abode in me. That should affect and impact how I think, how I respond, how I do things. Because I understand he's in me. What? Are y'all getting this? What, what can the enemy do to me if God's in me? If God is surrounding me, God's all around me. He's all, look at me, he's, he's around us. He's around you individually, he's around us as a church. I believe he's around the body of Christ, around the Christians. That's one of the things that, that just causes me, I'll tell you, I grieve over this sometimes when I read stuff on, on Facebook and you hear about these Christians that are fighting against Christians and name calling and all this stuff. Who do you think's enjoying that? The enemy. I'm telling you, it's, I know y'all feel like I probably this is all I ever preach, but you know what? It's all I'm ever going to preach. If, if we could just figure out how to love God and love each other, we'd impact this world. 
wouldn't we? I mean, we, we'd impact our own world. When, I, when I'm loving God with everything in me, it impacts what's going on in my life. It impacts the trials and the tribulations and the stuff. And if I'm in the middle of some kind of pain or sickness or disease or something's going on in my life, maybe it's financial, maybe it's relationships, whatever that is, when I focus on the fact that God lives in me and when I focus on just giving him everything I've got and going after him and loving him, that impacts my relationships with other people. It impacts how I feel physically, emotionally. It, it, it's it. It does so stirs in me and works in me and changes me. Amen, Bob. <laughs> I just, man, we, I'm telling you, we sang some powerful songs today. I mean, I've been preaching for months. We're, we are in a war. There, there's a war going on. Bible says, don't be ignorant of that fact. Don't be ignorant that we have an enemy. We have one. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We need to, we need to tell ourselves so say. Sometimes I have to, re, not sometimes, often I have to remind myself that, that, that that's true. That I'm, the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I have to remind, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't look like I'm a conquering. <laughs> Any of y'all ever feel that way? I mean, sometimes it looks like I'm just, I'm, I'm getting whooped. <laughs> I'm getting beat up. And I have to tell myself, here's what, we have to tell each other that. We have to, we're called to encourage one another. That's how we do that. What was that? Yeah, Hebrews something, something. No. <laughs> she said we can't have joy in the midst of the battle. I'd rather have joy when it's all going my way. I mean, if I could have just won that billion-dollar lottery... problem is I didn't even buy a ticket it's hard to win when you don't buy a ticket I'm hoping I'm gonna walk along I'm my 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 goal is I'm gonna I'm gonna find a ticket on the ground and just pick it up and that'll be the winning ticket that way I don't even have to spend the dollar to get the ticket is it a dollar now is it still a dollar three three dollars how do you know that <laughs> somebody tell you that the cashier. That's right. Wow. Man, y'all getting sidetracked so fast. I I like the fact that we have the end of the book. Don't we? We we got the end. We know we know the outcome. We know who the victory belongs to. And I just, I, I just, I want us as a, as a, I want me and I want us to walk in recognition of that. You know, walk in understanding 
that Jesus is on the throne. Even when it looks like everything's going wrong, Jesus is still on the throne. We can still trust him. We can still have confidence in him. We can still believe him. We can still call on him. I mean, even when you're in the, in the middle and it looks, like, it looks like hell's winning, we can still have confidence in Jesus. You know, 100 million years from now, it probably isn't going to matter a whole lot. <laughs> that trial that you're going through now or the test, I think one second after we're in heaven, it won't matter. Or maybe even faster than that, a split second. Yes, he, my scholar over here, what, do you, what you got to say, Nancy? Can y'all hear her? We're seated at the right hand of Jesus in the heavenly realms. We're seated right next to him. And he's next. Amen. That, and that means, that means now we're seated there. You understand that? I mean, I know you feel like you're seated here, but here, here's what's kind of blow your mind. The greater reality is you're seated there than you're seated here. <laughs> That's the greater reality. And when I, my, if my view's from there, I have a much different view than from here. Amen? I mean, my view here, my view sitting here, my view sitting in my lazy boy watching TV or the news or my view riding down the road is a different view than what I'm viewing from there. If we're seated in heavenly, right, if we're seated in heavenly places, if we, if I, Janie is seated in heavenly places, am I, am I seated there in sickness? Am I seated there with any kind of disease or any kind of affliction? No. So when we say on earth as it is in heaven, we are speaking what is in heaven. We are seated there. We are completely healed. We are completely whole. What is on in heaven is all good and is all pure and is all. So we are, we are literally pouring out the power of heavenly, the kingdom realm when we say that. How do you, if we understand, if we really believe that, understand that, walk in that, do you think that might impact somebody that's around us? Like a, a neighbor or somebody we work with? I, I'm just, I'm, be, I'm becoming, and I've, you've heard me say this, and I just, I'm going to keep saying it again. Um, we live in a day right now in this country where people around you need encouraging. I think that's one of the biggest needs and lacks right now is people have lost hope. People are discouraged. They're losing hope. They don't, they're afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow or next month or next year. There's fear that's involved. And people around us, they, I, I'm telling you, just, just try smiling at something. Well, you can't eat with a mask on. <laughs> Do this. What's that? Wink. Yeah. <laughs> Put a happy face on your mask if you have to. That's right. Pull it down for a split second and smile. You know? and, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, people, literally, I, I, don't, I can't think of another time in my life of, of being alive on this planet, in this country. I can't think of another time in history. I didn't live through the Depression. Maybe it was worse. I don't know. Um, <laughs> People around us need hope. They need hope. 
I mean, they, they need somebody to just be a friend. It'll just encourage them. Just speak something nice to them. Just, and I, look, at we have to work on that. That's part of what I was going to preach on today. So I'll get to it next week. But we, God's called us to honor people. Honor, in fact, as the Bible says, honor all people. I don't want to start this sermon. Y'all never will get out of here today. And, and there's not a stipulation. It doesn't say honor those that are worthy of honor. And I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Come back next week. We're going to talk about honor. Um, at least that's the plan. What's that? <laughs> we hope. <laughs> we think. Again, every week that it, I've been thinking about honor for months now. So it, it could be long. I'm just giving you a warning. Um, let's stand up. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We have a good, 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 good Father. He promised he'd never leave us and forsake us. I was listening to this song today on the way over that God would, um, God would never fail. Remember singing that? And I thought I had this thought to myself. You know, there's been times in my walk with Jesus where I felt like He had failed. Do you know? <laughs> there's times where I felt like here and here He had failed. But he, he didn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He can't. <laughs> it's an impossibility for him to fail. He never fails. And it may look like failure in our eyes sometimes, but he hasn't failed. He never will because he can't. Because <laughs> he's God. So, Father, thank you that uh, we have the promises of your word. Lord, thank you that that you're God, Lord. Thank you that you are almighty, all-powerful. Father, thank you that we don't even have words to describe who you are. And thank you that you delight in us, Lord. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that before the foundations of the world, you set your affection on us and that you love us. Thank you, Dad, that you are pleased with us. Thank you that we can, that we're your children, Lord, that we can just come before you as childlikeness and climb up into your lap and be held and loved on by you. And Father, I just, I pray you'd help us, Lord. Help us as, um, uh, as a body, Lord. Help us to, um, to keep in front of us this whole thing of encouraging others and loving all folks and, um, just smiling, just speaking a kind word. Father, help us to be able to, to just move even more and more in that. Lord, let that, 
Let that just let that be a word. I thought I'm gonna just I'm gonna make that a word. That's <laughs> a word for this church for this year is to be kind. Lord, help us to be kind. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. Lord, we know we we know in our own flesh and our own strength that's an impossibility. But under the control and power of the Holy Spirit, we can be kind. We can be encouraging. We can be loving. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness. Long who? Long who? <laughs> Short suffering. <laughs> Amen. Some of you guys come up, some of the prayer team, if y'all come on up. We like to always give opportunity. If you're here um, and need some more prayer, many of you have already been prayed for this morning, but you'd like someone else to pray with you, come on up. Get these guys to pray for you. Uh, be blessed, guys. In the name of Jesus, have an awesome week. Uh, may God cause his face to shine on you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.